Welcome to Monster Baby, everybody. <laughs> this is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. That's right. We are your hosts. I am Lisa Rowland. I'm Ted DeMaison. And uh, today we explore the concept of beliefs, specifically self-beliefs. Self-beliefs and beliefs we have about ourselves. Yeah, and, and, and we kind of got more in detail about limiting beliefs and a couple exercises for transforming them or... Uh, getting to know them, relating yeah. to them differently. Yeah, yeah. Where they come from? They come from this insane crucible called high school and adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. Oh, those poor little beliefs. Oh, geez, those yeah. poor humans who are subject to those beliefs. So, hey, as we're going through, I encourage you to like play along. You know, choose, yeah. note, note some limiting beliefs about yourself, and uh, see what you can do with them. I'm good. See what shows up. Um, we hope you enjoy it. So uh, we do spend a little bit of time at the beginning catching up on Lisa's recent travels in Singapore. And we also uh, are talk about our upcoming Monster Baby Retreat. Yeah. Mindful Play, Playful Mind. So listen for that. Listen for that and, uh, and then enjoy the rest. Have a good one. We are so glad you're back with us. Enjoy. San Francisco. Gorgeous. Sun's shining, 66 degrees, slight breeze. This is why, at least why, one of the reasons why I live in California. Yeah, Just last week, back in New England. You come from a land of hellish winter and ma- hellish summer. Major storms. This is a spectacular day. But it's also a nice day because you're back home. I'm back home. You've been gone for... I was gone for a very long time. A long time. I mean, not crazy long, but a month. I was gone for a month. Yeah, I, it's good because I'm now recovered. Because for the last couple of weeks of your being gone, I was just wandering around in the rain, shirtless, wondering where my purpose was. Oh my. <laughs> God, we got a bigger, there's bigger fish to I fry there. I could see neighbors <laughs> peeking out from, from behind curtains, <laughs> calling police, like, what's that guy doing out there? Get him off the street. Just aimless wandering. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that trip came to an end. What were you doing? Halfway around the world. Teaching teaching design thinking, mm. which is a <sighs> process of creativity and innovation based in inspired. the design sort of processes underlying IDEO and the Stanford D School. Mm. Stanford Design School. That's right. Yeah. Okay. It actually is Paso exciting. Paso Plattner Institute of Design. Yeah, but this wasn't you doing like Lisa Rowland thing. This was you doing someone else's curriculum yes yeah and i really like it yeah. i really like it i really like the 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 workshops and i really like the work and mm-hmm. the approach however i was there over the singapore improv festival <laughs> and so i got to play and teach and commune with improvisers and i am reminded of how much of an improviser i am and yes. how being around other improvisers is like being with my tribe. Mm-hmm. It was so great. We spoke by Skype a couple times or FaceTime. And I remember the we talked, the, I think it was the day before your first show, and it was like you could see the surge of energy oh my God. bubbling up I was in so, you. I'm so ha- When I can improvise in a place, it's like, okay, I've been here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it feels like. It's like, cool. okay, there was a reason for me coming here. I had that like feeling. I leave a piece of me there. I have that feeling when I swim somewhere. Hmm. Like if I swim in a body of water and you're like engage in the place. 
Yeah. Okay, I've been here. I have interacted with this place. So how are improvisers in Singapore different than improvisers in San Francisco? Oh, I don't know that they are. Okay. At their core. I mean, it's like improv looks a little bit different in different places. It's a young, it's a young community. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so they're, they're younger. <laughs> Whoa. This is really perceptive. <laughs> the improvisers in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it feels like we're all, we're all doing the thing. Yeah. And we, you know, it's like there's, we apply our skills in different ways. And, but I don't uh, think that there's actually a fundamental difference. And had you been to Singapore before? Yes, twice. Okay. I love how much you've traveled. I'm envious. Like, you've gone to all these cool places. That, like, ooh, I want to see what it's like there. It's so cool. It's, yeah. such a, it's such a cool thing. And, yeah, I feel very lucky. Cool. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Thanks. I'm glad you were there. I'm happy to be back. I am very happy to live in a place that I am overjoyed to return to. What a nice thing that is. Like, that when I come home, I'm like, oh, I love San Francisco. Yeah. Like, I get really happy. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a nice segue that yeah. you've just offered. Oh, great. Because I want, before we get into our topic for the day, yes, I wanted to mention to our listeners and chat about with you that we have switched our retreat, yes. our Mindful Play, Playful Mind Retreat, yes, yes, yes. or the Monster Baby Retreat, whichever name you prefer. Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever will make you sign up. We were going to do it on the coast of Maine, and for a number of reasons... Uh, we have decided to bring it back to California. Uh-huh. So we're going to be in the mountains of Santa Cruz, June the, 11th to the, the 15th. Beautiful redwoods. Beautiful redwoods. Incredible, incredible piece of land. Lisa has been there before. I have not. I actually have been there for a number of reasons. It's called Ben Lomond. Quaker Retreat Center. Quaker Retreat Center in Ben Lomond, California. So it's like tucked in the Santa Cruz mountains. And it is... A, my family attended a lot of seminars growing up there. It sounds like we were in a cult. We weren't in a cult. But there was sort of a um, Enneagram seminars and sort of... We were part of, part of a community that used that land for um, weekend getaways mm-hmm. and retreats and things like that. So I went there as a kid. But also, one of my very, very dear friends from high school, Lindsay Goldsmith, got married oh, at lovely. that moment. So, and I spoke at her wedding. Cool. So you've got some good memories there. I've got some good juju. That place has got good juju. I've wanted to go there for a while because I was in Quaker circles for quite some time and I knew that it existed, but you I've not been there in yet. Quaker circles. Yeah. So so we've in moved it out here. In with the Quakes, as they say. Eat with the Quakes? You were in with the Quakes. Oh, in with the Quakes, yeah. I quaked a few times. Cool. Really? Quoke? Qu- ah, quaked? Quaked? You're so quoke. <laughs> quoke up. Qu- quake up, people. When you're really quiet, you can be quoke. Yeah. Man, that dude is quote. <laughs> uh, I have wanted to go there for a while. So I'm excited excited for it. But I'm also excited. The retreat has a different feel in different places. Mm-hmm. And so to be back on the California land, I was like, ooh, it's going to happen. Yeah. But more of our peeps, more of our monster baby peeps are out here in California. So if you're nearby, you're thinking about it. Get your butt out to Santa Cruz Mountains. Yeah. And we've we've talked about it. But I am I feel more on fire about this one than I have about others because... As I've been working on my own business and thinking about why I'm doing what I'm doing, I just get more and more excited about what it is we're offering people. Cool. Because it's it's this way of living that takes the challenges or the difficulties or the boredoms and infuses this little jolt of creativity mm-hmm. and curiosity to say, huh, what's next? Yeah. And it, it makes me feel so inspired to connect with other people, even as an introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I want to get out there. I want to like get to know people and I want to, and I keep getting more and more skillful. It feels like I'm discovering new ways of doing that. So now the connections become even stronger and even more fulfilling. 
and it's just all through, not all, but through play and contemplation. It's just this really fertile combo. So I know what it's done for me, and I'm like totally excited about sharing it with other people. Yay. Yeah. So come. And if you can't come, dear listener, tell somebody who you know who should come. Yeah, tell somebody three. Say, oh, tell three people who you know who should come. Send them the link. Yeah, and and uh, so the link is animalearning.com. A-N-I-M-A learning.com. <laughs> Slash monster baby retreat. Yes. And uh, or another way, if you want to get more feel for it, is if you go back and listen to episode number nine of the Monster Baby podcast, our friend David Treadwell interviewed us about the retreat and we interviewed some other participants about their experience. So that's a little audio. Yeah. Take it's on. a really good time. It's so fun. It's a really good time. And it's there's something about being residential and like really immersing yourself in this way of being mm-hmm. that makes it take root a little bit. So if you like this way of being and you want to live in it a little bit, come. And we're going to have handmade organic vegetarian food. Yeah. Made with love by our dear friend Melissa Stevens. So, yeah. you know, come on out, people. Come, come on for the out. improv, stay for the food. <laughs> Come for, come the, for food, the food, stay, stay for the improv. Yeah, either way, whatever, whatever works. Come for the Redwoods, stay for the, stay for the mindfulness. Come to get Quoke. Stay for the, <laughs> stay for the Monster Babies. Get Quoke with Monster Baby. That should be the title. It is. That's yeah. it. We've just done it. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's get down to business. Get down to business. Enough of this. Okay. Topic for the day. Yeah. I just learned what this is, what it is. As you like it. As I like it. I don't want to know. Uh, beliefs. 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 I'm fast, and I've had a few exercises for us. I hope you're going to be game to try. Well, how could I say no? That's well, yeah. You always have permission to say no. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was always true, but it's especially true now <laughs> in this day and age. Uh, yeah, but I've got a few exercises. But I what think, fascinates you about beliefs? Well, you just said you were fascinated. Okay, so I've had a few experiences in the last couple of years where I had improv um, exercises that were playing with beliefs in new ways. Uh-huh. So this is a p- kind of a pure applied improv, taking tools and techniques from improv and applying them in other arenas and working with personal beliefs. It was like, oh, that's really cool. And then a couple weeks ago, I was in Colorado for what was called a matrix leadership training. And we did an exercise about beliefs that was really powerful for me. And I thought, ooh, I really want to share that with Lisa. Mm. So there was that. And then, of course, for me, and this was true, we started our very first episode with relationship to failure. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of learning and growth and a positive way of being in the world starts with what we think is possible. So I thought that would be a really neat place to start, to just kind of talk about growth mindset a little bit hmm. and, and how that belief sets us up for a whole cascade of other things to be possible. So when I was starting my sabbatical back in school, when I was teaching, and I was choosing these four arenas that I wanted to work in, work in contemplative practice, applied improv, positive reinforcement, one of them was growth mindset. And I had been assigned the book to read by my headmaster over the summer. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to have to read another book. Have I told you this story before? Do you I know don't this? know. Yeah. And so he gave us this book to read. And I just was like, oh, here's another thing I have to do. I want to just have my summer. Yeah. But I read it. And it was so transformative. It's just the introduction to the book. Like, here are these two ways of thinking. One is you think that all of our talents and abilities are given, and you and either fixed. have them or you don't. Right. Fixed mindset. And if you 
think that way, you tend to be more brittle right. because you spend all your time trying to prove to people whether you have them or not. Yeah. And when you mess up, it demonstrates you don't and you fall apart. And so you won't take risks because you've, you you uh, you won't try something if you're not sure if you can see, succeed at it because you threaten your identity right. as somebody who can do this. Yep. And then other people will dismiss you. Right. Right. Versus a growth mindset where you're, you're given certain talents at birth, but then your ability to develop is dependent upon your willingness to experiment and try new stuff out and practice yeah, yeah, yeah. and put effort in. And in that sense, challenge isn't, uh, or failure isn't this miserable thing. It's actually new information. Yeah. Here we go. It's part of the deal. Stepping stone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that becomes, it opens up this whole realm of possibility. I feel like I remember it being described once as a... Uh, uh, potential your pot- your potential is unknowable mm, nice. so the idea that like fixed mindset is like we know what your potential is and you can either fulfill it or not mm-hmm. and in growth mindset is like we don't even know what you're capable of yeah. your potential is is un- it's an unknowable quantity which i love yeah and that it is determined by what what you think you might be able to accomplish <laughs> you yeah. know like how like well i think i could get better at that then you c- can't then you can yeah and at minimum i like i like the word better you just used because it's you know, I, I found myself often stuck in a fixed mindset kind of thing. Like, I didn't start playing guitar. I wanted to play when I was a kid. I never started until I was 24 mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be bad. I was like, I'm never going to be as good as I want to be. Yeah. So why even start? So why even start? Yeah. And, and eventually I said, well, you're definitely never going to be as good as you want to be if you don't ever start. Right. And you'll never even be better than you are. Yeah. You'll never be able to do anything. Right. Yeah. So it got me going. Yeah. So reading that really set me up when I came back to my students and ever since then with, okay, look, before I ever try to teach you anything, let's talk about whether you are even thinking that you're able to learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you don't have, if you think you've, I couldn't possibly do meditation. Right. I'm not a meditator. I'm not that kind of person. No. My mind doesn't work that way. That's like a pet peeve phrase of mine. I'm not that kind of person. That kind of person. Mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of person who... Yeah. I'm not the. I'm like I don't know that there are kinds of people. Yeah, I mean there may be, but kind of doesn't, but it, doesn't mean you can't expand out of it. Yeah, or just like well, I mean if you don't have to be the kind of person who meditates in order to meditate, right? <laughs> you could do a thing that's out of kind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just do the thing, and yeah. then you are the kind of person who does the All thing. All of a sudden, you've changed the you've changed the set of people who meditate. Yeah, I feel like I encounter that with stupid things like what I wear. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see something out and about and I'll be like, oh my God, I love that. I'm not the kind of person who can pull that off. And it's like, fuck that. Yeah. Sure I am. If I pull it off, then I am. Right. Like I have to wear it. You just got some new kicks that were... I did get some new kicks. Some, uh, would you call them turquoise? New Balance sneakers? No, I would not call them turquoise. They're kind of kind of retro. I think they're like royal. They're, mo- they're royaler than turquoise. Okay. Are they? Yeah, they're, new, they're new balances. I think they look kind of retro. They're pretty, pretty I cool. Don't, I have not had shoes like this before. You were describing earlier that you thought they might go with tube socks and short and little running gym shorts, shorts yeah. yeah, which you know, like like what's that movie? Wet hot American summer. Don't know. Days and confused. You're out of my league. Okay. I'm not the kind of guy who sees movies like that. <laughs> right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but you could be Ted. I could be. I should go watch it. So th- that to me is a, such a fundamental belief. Am I able to learn something? And if I am, then cool mm-hmm. now it's available yeah yeah i got it so i love starting hence with that. beliefs hence beliefs and where beliefs come in it's like what we believe about ourselves yeah yeah and so okay well now if we've cultivated this belief yeah and here's this full range of possibilities 
Whew, I love it. <laughs> I love that stuff. And so... Thank, okay, thank, I have a question. Thank God for Tom uh, Sturdivant. Thank God for Tom Sturdivant. <laughs> for, Who told you to read that? He had a complex stint as headmaster of that school. There were some uh, some interesting things that went down, but of the many things he did, I am so glad that he assigned to Mindset. Great. By Carol Dweck. By Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck's work. Stanford social psychologist. Yes. Have you ever been in a situation where you have uh, discovered a belief that you had about yourself that you didn't realize you had? Because I feel like a lot of times those are the ones that are mm. sneaky, right? Like they, they rule your behaviors. You don't even realize you without having articulated yes that you have these beliefs about yourself sure oh yeah oh, you know yeah. what i mean like oh yeah and and some of them what came to mind was just therapy that happens a lot in therapy for right me. the like are you lovable like yeah. am i lovable am i you right. know yeah and it's like basic the, one of the ones from my childhood is like oh yeah i guess i can see that i do carry that belief but was that i was fragile mm. you know i just thought i i couldn't uh, I couldn't survive. I had to be careful, like because I'm low pain threshold, and uh, you know, my I don't want to break any bones, and so I just would be super cautious. And I might, and, and it's it's da- yeah. it's dangerous for me. Yeah, physically and emotionally, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and when I s- realized that, I was like, oh, where's that from? And realized that it was from. I mean, this is a pretty core experience for me, but I don't know why it was so core. I was playing football with my brother. I was maybe. 10 and he was 12 or I was 11 and 13 yeah and so we were playing with all his friends and that gap between 11 and 13 is it's big it's big yeah so we went to play tackle football and I was nervous about playing tackle football but you know whatever yeah. first play that I made somebody threw the ball to me and I went up and caught the ball and I had this moment of like <gasps> sheer triumph and joy yeah and then some dude just tackled me <laughs> and just nailed me against the ground and I got the wind knocked out of me, which uh-huh. had never had happen before. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, I was hurting, and I couldn't breathe, and I thought I was going to die. It was just this total panic. It was oh. the very first play I made. Yeah. And eventually, of course, I got my breath back, but I like... Did you did, keep playing in that no. game? No. You are no. out. I like went on the sidelines and like curled up in a ball. I <laughs> just was like, oh, wait till David's done. It was such, oh. you know, I wasn't... I yeah. wasn't a warrior, a physical <laughs> warrior as a young man. <laughs> I was so sad. But That's funny. when I went back to that with my therapist, this was, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, I was able to realize, yeah, I can get up after I get, I can take a hit and get back up. Yeah. And that I have this, this image we used was, you know, when football players take a big hit. I love it. I, the sport is way too violent. And I think shouldn't be played. But I love when a wide receiver catches the ball, gets nailed, and like jumps right up, spins the football on the yeah. ground, makes his motion like first down. Yeah. We're going. I made the catch. He goes back to the huddle. And like everything's yeah. fine. He's like, yeah. yeah, you gave me a good hit. Yeah, that's what happens. I'm back up. Here right. we go. Yeah. And that has now been this image that I use in my life when something rough when happens. You take it, when you take a hit. Like, woof, that was a, woof, that was a hit. Yeah. But like, woof, woof, here we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Back into it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that was a belief I didn't know I had. Cool. But was definitely strong. Yeah. How about you? Um, I feel like I have uh, recently, in my adult life, discovered that I had a pretty strong belief that I was... Uh, <laughs> like, I think I had a... I think I had... I was, it was a formative thing in my high school years 
that I was bigger than everybody. Mm. And so I developed this sort of self-image uh-huh. belief that I would never be cute mm. because... Cute is small. Cute is small. Like right. small people are cute. Small girls are cute. Kittens. Kittens are cute. Yeah, little, cute. Even a little skunk. Yeah, like... <laughs> cute. I would never even live up to a goddamn skunk. God a little skunk it. can be cute, yeah. but enormous Lisa will never be mm. cute. So there, so, so there was like stuff around that about being bigger than everybody else, being bigger than all the other girls, which also like sunk me in this, in this self-image that I was just enormous. And like, I'm tall, but I'm not, enor- I'm not an enormous right. person, right? right? Enormous is a weird word, but like my, my thing about myself is like, oh, I'm just sort right. of like outsized. Mm-hmm. And it took me, a, like, it took, like, comments that I got from other people and realizing that I consistently bought sweatshirts in sizes that were bigger than actually fit me to be like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm a different size than I think I am. And maybe I, like, am capable of, like, it's taken me a while to, like, shed that, like, high school, formative mm. middle school and high school feeling that it's like, I am just outlier on the bell curve like Mm -hmm. bizarrely and like yeah you know you're you're the weird one and you know your sense of humor will attract people but a you will never be cute and b you're like bigger like this was the yeah yeah. and i have i feel like i've done a good job of shedding that of like like, no that's actually not true like in the face of evident like evidence feels like a weird word but like looking sort of more objectively yeah at it yeah and like feedback, I guess right. is the word, not evidence, but like feedback to the contrary. And, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I yeah. can give up that belief. Yeah, love it. Um, and that's kind of powerful because like walking through the world like you can be an attractive person yeah. is a powerful thing. Yeah. But there was a long time when I was like, that's not for me. That's for other people. Other people get to be that. Get to be attractive. But like, yeah, I am too big. I'm not cute enough. I'm right. like, I can never be cute. Cute is off limits to me. Yeah. It's like really sort of makes me sad to say it, you know, yeah. because it's like sad to, be- to believe it. Yeah. But it, but I believed it for a long time. And the, those filters are just so Oh my God. Like, I think about that a lot. Like these beliefs that get calcified in high school when everything is fucking crazy. I know. Well, like it's crazy. Well, and, the, and because they're so... Uh, fueled by teenage angst. Oh my god! And self concern and like emotions, like high emotion. They're, they're often just totally inaccurate. Completely, but they're based in this like you you they're formed based on what you think you need to do to survive. Yeah, and, and so they, they're very strongly held on to. And they become yeah real. So that's like that, this is one of the places where I think beliefs come in with this with mindfulness practices, right? So we're trying to say what is real. Yeah. What's true? Let me relate to things as they really are. Yeah. And we re- can realize like, oh, I've got this two inch thick filtered glasses on that's shaping and warping my sense of reality. I yeah, think it's real. Either, it's like, it's like a t- it could be a tunnel vision, right? Where it's like right. you only see certain things. Yeah. My therapist says, you got to soften your gaze so you yeah. can see more than you're used to seeing. Yeah. Like... Because of that crazy strong confirmation bias of like I developed this belief and then I see the things that confirm my belief. Right. And myself and other people. Oh, that thing of, there was a study done about people who believe themselves to be lucky. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. I think we talked about it in the gratitude podcast. Oh, maybe we did. Podcast. Yeah. yeah that they like, like studies done that they like, you know, 
the researchers would like plant a dollar bill on the ground and the people who thought they were lucky would notice it yeah. and the people who didn't think they were lucky wouldn't notice it. So wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's this very same thing. Yeah, I I I didn't think I was too big in high school, but I didn't think I was attractive. Mm-hmm. Like no way. You know, I was like nobody would ever be interested in me. Yeah. You're and f- now yeah. when, when I go back and look at myself, pictures of myself, like, I'm like you were cute. Good-looking yeah. guy. <laughs> Why was that? I mean, I was fit. I was thin, but I was fit. And yeah. I had, you know, nice hair, curly, blonde hair. I was like, I was a good looking dude. It wasn't, you know, Brad Pitt or anything. But yeah. What were they so worried about? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, man, we just believe these these complete... Fabrications? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like complete they come from somewhere, right? Falsehoods. So, well, okay. So you, are you willing to play play a game? Yes. Okay. So this one I learned from Kay Ross who is a, an applied improviser in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. going back to the, I was going to say the Orient, but that's not a politically correct term anymore. In, no. So, uh, <laughs> Eastern Asia? Yeah. Okay. Asia feels a- like an appropriate Asia. thing okay. to say. <laughs> the Pacific Rim. The other side of the Pacific Rim. Yeah. So, it's a version of New Choice. So, you know New Choice from improv, where you're doing a scene, and somebody can ring a bell and just say, New Choice, and then the actor, the improviser, has, has to, to come up with a... I think we've played some version of it on the podcast. But so this is doing it with a belief. Mm-hmm. And so the way it works is that one person, let's call it person A, chooses a limiting belief and says the limiting belief out loud. Mm-hmm. And the other person, their partner, just says new choice. Mm-hmm. And the new choice is asking for... A different spin? What is a different spin on the reality of the situation? Ah. Right? And there, okay. are, there are a couple ways that Kay does this. So one is to say, so for example, uh, if I said that my limiting belief was I am, I am fragile. New right? choice. I am sensitive. New choice. Right. Yeah. And so the person who's who's listening would keep going with new choice until you find something. You true. land on something that's both true and feels like it's more ennobling or empowering. Uh-huh. So let, yeah, let's keep, let's, let's keep going with this one Great. just as an example. Great. So. Yeah, so I'm so sensitive. I'm sensitive. New choice. I am I'm sensitive in a way that allows me to understand pain. New choice. Uh, that I feel things allows me to be more compassionate with other people. New choice. My sensitivity has has taught me really valuable lessons about resilience. Ah. New choice. Who decides? Yeah, I think we, <laughs> like, we, kind, we, of, we kind of both do. Okay, but yeah. I'll do one more. Yeah, that I that I feel pain, and that I'm sensitive, leads me to uh, to take care of other people, uh, and to support them in getting back up when they've gotten knocked up down. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you know. So that's a, a new choice. You want to try it? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, I. I'm disorganized. You're disorganized. I'm so totally is, disorganized. You, I, I can't keep track of details. I'll just have no mind for details. Yeah. I'm disorganized. Okay, great. So I'm disorganized. Can't keep track of details. Great. Yeah. So say it again, if you would. Uh, I'm disorganized. I can't keep track of details. New choice. Um, I have chosen not to prioritize details <laughs> in my life. <laughs> new choice. Uh, I have an admirable tolerance for chaos. Mm, new choice. Um, my... Somewhat lacks uh, 
approach to um, the details of my life uh, allow me to be pretty happy with a lot of different situations. Hmm. New choice. I pay attention to some details, just not others. <laughs> I'm not entirely bad at details. Hmm. Okay. I pay very close attention to some details. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, new choice. I'm looking for one that's going to include the original circumstances that led to that belief. That I am disorganized. Yeah. So, not that that's factual, but that whatever was leading you to say that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's we want to look look at that in a positive way. Yeah, it's just a, maybe a reframe of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Um. I I believe beauty can come from chaos, mm. and I wish not to erase those opportunities from my life. Hmm. How does that feel? Yeah, well, that's my question for you. You're fine. Yeah, you want well, you want another another go? No. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. That, that that feels like a... Yeah. Will you say it again? Uh, I believe that beauty can come from chaos, and I don't want to er erase those opportunities for my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's lovely. Also, I could use to be a little bit more organized, right? <laughs> so, that's like both ends. To have some flexibility, right. Yes. But it, the, one of the things I like about this game is that it, it says, here are the circumstances. Mm -hmm. What am I telling myself about those circumstances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's interesting, right? Because, because the, we didn't start with the circumstances. We started with the belief. Yes. Right? Like the circumstances are, I lose my keys a lot. Right. My... My overlay is I'm disorganized. It's a quality about me. That's right. It's a belief about your identity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's a that's like a right. difference, right? Yeah. So that's good. I, I like this distinction you're making, right? So yeah, that the belief is coming from something. Yeah. My belief that I'm fragile is coming from yeah. Well, I'm sensitive to pain and and I shy away from like physically risky activities. That's right. Yeah. So so, but I'm fragile is different than that. It's like this judgment that comes from, That's right. it's my judgment about the circumstances, yes. which is actually quite different, right? Because, because of this, like, I'm disorganized, or I don't keep track of details. It's like, yeah, there are some details I don't keep track of. Right. There's others that I totally keep track of. Yeah. I remember very, very yeah. carefully. Yeah. So... That's, like, that's, yeah. that's finding a countervailing set of circumstances to challenge the belief yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that it doesn't become so absolute. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess the power of that exercise is the challenge to well, what else, What other? What other part of the story is there to this? Mm -hmm. Like you're looking at this one part of the story mm -hmm. that you're that you disorganized. Mm -hmm. But what other part of the story is there? Like, yeah. like zoom out a little bit, yeah. see what else there. Like place this in context. Right. So that's a, that's a cool. I like this uh, putting it in a different context. Yeah. And then, so Kay gave us, at this workshop that I went to with her, she gave us two workshop, two exercises about beliefs. Uh -huh. And the second, the first one was that one, which was about reframing. And the second one was about transforming mm -hmm. the situation. And it used the story spine mm. to do that. And so <laughs> we talked about the story spine, but it was on an episode that we never published. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to defer to you on this one because you know it like... Super inside and out, but yeah. can you explain the story spine? Yeah, so a, a skeleton for storytelling starting with once upon a time, establishing sort of a who and a, and a where or a what. Once upon a time there was a magical frog named, named Julia, and every day 
is the next line. So we establish a normalcy. Once upon a time, magical frog named Julia. And every day, Julia she would... Cast yeah. spells for the people of the town. Great. Until one day, something changes. So this is in improv parlance called the tilt. Mm. Uh, until one day, she found that her magic frog wand wouldn't work. And because of that, we have a circumstance, we have a consequence of that action. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, the people stopped coming to see her. And because of that... Mm. Uh, she started to waste away in solitude. Oh, and because of that? Hmm. <laughs> because of that. Uh, yeah, you got one? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, because of all the time that she spent alone in her pond, uh, she started to notice all of, the, all of the little organisms that were there with mm. her that she had never noticed before. Mm-hmm. And until finally, uh, until until finally, she encountered a salamander, who offered, uh, who offered to hang out with her. Yeah, offered offered her friendship. Yeah. Uh, and ever since that day. And ever since that day, that day, Julia the magical, the formerly magical frog, has had a great friend in Newt. The moral of the story. I like that it's Newt the Salamander. Yeah. The moral of the story is? Uh, Sometimes the loss of our gifts can lead to beautiful things. Lovely. So there's the story spine. Once upon a time and every day. Until one day. Because of that, because of that, because of that. Until finally and ever since that day. Yeah. And then sometimes there's a tagline of the The moral of the story. story, Yeah. Yeah. So usually I don't do the moral of the story, but some people do. And that comes from Ken Adams, who teaches in the North Bay of... San Francisco area, and Kat Coppett, who's in Albany. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. Loyal listener and lovely person. Yeah, rock on. So the story spine is there. So Kay, Ross, used the story spine as a vehicle for transforming a belief, a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And the way she did it was she had a, you know, we were a group of us in a circle, and somebody volunteered to be on the spot. And they stepped forward and they offered a limiting belief. So, you know, I'm fragile or my fragility gets in the way whatever uh and then i'm more fragile than i should be um, yeah something like that so then the group started a story spine one person started with once upon a time there was a young man who thought he was too fragile uh-huh and then one person at a time each line of the story went around the circle uh-huh. and you just saw what happened with until it until finally yeah. until and, finally and, and, it, and it incorporates a necessary change because of the until one day that's right Something and so different. the belief got shifted yeah and the person who had the challenge the limiting belief got to see this thing unfold as it went around the circle and maybe it was completely fantastical and ridiculous or maybe it was poignant and but they had the experience of the belief changing of the belief changing as it went around it gives you yeah access to it to changing a belief yeah that's cool yeah that's cool. so so here's a question do you believe you're fragile? Like, it sounds like you've worked with this belief a little bit, or you've identified this belief. Um, like, do you believe you're, you're fragile and that fragility gets in the way? Or, like, what is your relationship to that belief? I believe, I do believe that I'm sensitive and that I feel both pain and pleasure physically and emotionally more than some people do, uh-huh. more than many people do. And so. Uh, yeah, I do want to take care of myself because um, I'd rather not, like, you know, it's not worth it to me to ride a dirt bike and jump off a hill. Like the joy that I would get from that kind of movement is not worth the risk of falling and breaking my arm. Yeah. It's, you know, so it helps 
helps me calibrate what kinds of risks I want to take. Uh-huh. I have changed my belief. I don't think that I'm, I no longer think I'm wimpy. Uh-huh. Uh, and I also think that I emotionally, I while I may feel things more, I don't think I'm fragile. Uh-huh. It's like, yep, yeah, this might hurt. But I'm still here. But I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not breakable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. I'll get back up. Yeah. And you know. So we talked about it on the heartbreak episode last summer. Like, yep, that was tough. Yeah. I didn't like that. Right. It hurt. Yeah. And, and I'm fine. better for it, and yeah. I'm fine. You know. And so you know what comes next, but yeah. it may take me longer to recover. Uh huh. But I'm not locked into this identity of. I can't face the world because I'm so fragile. Right. So it's no longer a limiting belief. Right. And I think it's still in there somehow. And I kind of need to go back and see, have the weeds come back up again and yeah, let's yeah, yeah. trim them or yeah. prune them. Because um, they're pretty, what's the word? <laughs> the beliefs are resilient. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think I've, I've largely transformed that one. Cool. Um, so do you want to try that? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. I don't. Clarity's good. Not interested. <laughs> Clarity's good. But it's a really fun game to do with a group of people. It would be a little awkward to do it with just the two of us. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's fun to not have to participate in, in watching your, your belief transform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I strongly recommend it. Cool. And and it's helpful. To... I mean, I guess it's just fun. It's like the, uh, the, the constant check for the, this belief could change. Like mm-hmm. this, I I could transform this belief. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, and then whether you choose to or not, like sometimes it's like I'm not ready to give up this belief. But sometimes you know that, right? You know, but at least you know that it's like, oh, but but someday I will. Well, and I'll and be ready to give it up. Checking what, how is the belief serving you? Because mm-hmm. inevitably, it's it's doing something. Yeah. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't have it, right? Yeah. So if we don't, it was address, born to keep you safe somehow. Yeah. If we don't address that concern, it's not going to likely let itself be pried off yeah 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 so is your main fascinating fascination with beliefs about self like beliefs about ourself and the self-limiting beliefs or does it extend to like beliefs about the world or about god mm, or about that's a great question. what we're here for you know it's like like yeah. are those beliefs that are equally fascinating or they're i think that i've been I feel like when i first hear belief yeah beliefs I, that's what I think. You of. think of like religion and yeah, yeah. Like, what do you believe? I'm you more. Believe in God. I'm. I guess I'm more active thinking about the limiting beliefs because it's been presented to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and the choice is like, oh, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Uh, oh, the world is out to get me, or the world is out to support me. Mm-hmm. That's a belief I've been hearing a lot in some of the groups I'm in. Is yeah, like, do you believe you're on your own in the end, or do you believe you're going to be supported? The universe has got your back. It's huge. That's one that I've been hearing a lot lately. And yeah. Like, how do we respond if that's if we think that's true? As you've said many times, like we start to look for that. Yeah. If we're thinking that, then we look for the things to confirm it, and yeah. then it gets confirmed. Right. You know. And Rob Bresney, who's this awesome astrologer, talks about pronoia, the opposite of paranoia. Yeah, that the like, world is out to is conspiring is on to our behalf. Me. Yeah, right. And he's got this cool exercise where, I, you know, all the zillion things. Oh, we did this. Talked about this in the gratitude episode, I think. The zillion things that have gone right in your world before you leave the door and the mo- before you leave your house in the morning. Yeah, that the water, you have running water in your house. 
if you have running water in your house, yeah. is a miracle. That my ceiling isn't leaking. That my, you know, yeah. that, I, that I'm healthy. That I, have my, I haven't lost my wallet. That right. I'm, you know, it's like... There's, a, there's food in your fridge that stayed preserved because you have electricity. The yeah. cats haven't died overnight. That's great. Isn't that great? Boy, oh boy. What <laughs> They're a, still here. What a miserable rediscovery that would be. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. There was one other exercise. This was, those were two improv exercises. And there was one that I did with this matrix group. That was so simple, was so powerful, which was also around limiting beliefs, which was to name a limiting belief mm -hmm. and then to work with it in a certain way. And I'd lo I love it if, I mean, I'm willing to choose a limiting belief and walk through it if you don't want to. But I think it'd be fun to, fun to share something, to have it unfold here in real time. So are you asking me to come up with a limiting belief? Yeah. Would you be willing to do that? Um, yeah, uh, so I have this, I, yeah, I have a, a fear, uh -huh. <laughs> it's a belief that I, that I am, uh, bad at following through with things that I begin, that I start. Mm. Bad at following through with things that you start. Yeah. I start projects. I've got a lot of juice at the beginning and I'm bad at following through. Yeah. Like I don't keep the, I don't keep the gas on. Right. Okay. So. I uh, also have experience to back that up. <laughs> well, I guess the point is that maybe I have experience that might contradict it also. Yeah, okay. So there's that belief. So if you take a moment to just kind of settle into the feeling of that, right? Uh, and if you're listening at home, you could choose one of your own beliefs to do this. But uh, and pause for a moment. And if it feels okay, you could close your eyes, tune in. And so then there's that moment of, okay, I'm registering what this belief is like for me. And then if you were to imagine some wise voice, either a wise voice inside you or a higher power or God or some loving mentor that is no longer alive, whatever, what is a belief, what is something that they could say that would serve as an antidote to that belief that would like, Dissolve it. It's like that would that would rob it of its uh, negative I guess, power. I guess. I guess when you want to follow through, you will. Yeah. You you have what you need, mm -hmm. and when you choose to apply it, you will. Great. When you when you want to follow through, you will. You yeah. have what you need. Yeah. Yeah. So can you say that again? When you want to follow through, you will. You have what you need. Yeah. Cool. So. Then the, the exercise was that an outside person would say this in mm -hmm. response to you. And so you just get to hear, the, get to bathe in hearing this mm -hmm. said to you again and again. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and you could, you can, as the person receiving the, the reflection, you can say how often you want to hear it or how loud you want to hear it or with what tone of voice. Is it just in pairs? Is it just you and one other There's person? There's actually a third person who's who's witnessing and you can, so one person is facilitating the process and the other person is reflecting back uh -huh. this new antidote belief yeah. or antidote phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the person who's expressed the limiting belief can ask either of them to repeat it or, uh -huh. right? So. And did uh, you do that? Did you yeah. do it? Yeah. So I would say to you now. Yeah. When you want to follow through, you will. Yeah. You have what you need. Uh-huh. You know, just to keep saying that. Yeah. When you want to follow through, you will. You have what you need. Yeah. And you get to experience hearing that from this person who cares about you. Yeah. 
as many times as you want. Everybody in the room who did this was in tears when they did it. I, I was like, oh, this is totally, this is kind of hokey. Yeah. It's kind of, like, I get it. Kind of straightforward. Okay. Find, find a limiting belief. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. For me, it, it is pretty, it's even just, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, so simple. The, the limiting belief that I noticed, I, and I didn't expect to find this, but was that I'm too much. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm too intense. I'm too sensitive. I'm too needy. Uh, right. What was the other one? Selfish. I'm too selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm too much. And then I sank in and I was like, oh, man, I carry that belief around a lot. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, one of the other people who spoke, the guy who demonstrated his belief was, He's not enough, right? He couldn't possibly. You and I was like, other. nope, that is not my belief. I totally, I'm fine. I'm 20. <laughs> I, can, I can handle things, yeah. but like I'm too much. People yeah. don't want me. I don't want all of you. I don't want my desire. They don't want my leadership, whatever. So yeah. I'm too much. And the antidote voice that I heard said, I want you as you are. I love you as you are. Uh-huh. I want you as you are. I love you as you are. And when I heard my colleagues and friends say that back to me, oh, it was so moving. Yeah. You know, one was one, was one woman, one man, and they had such different qualities to them for me. Like hearing it from a woman to say that, it was like landed in a certain part of my heart and hearing mm-hmm. it from a guy landed in a certain part. And it was like, you're totally fine as you are. I want yeah. to be with you as you are. Bring it on. Yeah. And I, it like resonated for, it's still resonating in me. I feel like it was several weeks ago now. And yeah, this simple, I love the word antidote. It's like, here's this toxin I'm carrying in me. Yeah. And it just goes in and breaks a molecular, molecular level, dissolves the belief and replaces it with something else. Yeah. So now I think... I think that's what I'm looking for in relationship. Yeah. And in friendships. Is just somebody who's gonna say, I want you as you are, yeah. I love you as you are. Let's go. Yeah. And of course I wanna improve. Of course I wanna get better. Right. But like, no, all of you. You know, don't don't hide things away. Yeah. Bring it all out. Yeah. You know. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. So I just another like transformative exercise, these little Little tools, like make big shifts, you know? So I wanted to share all of those with you. Cool. You mentioned, is there anything about larger beliefs that you like want to bring into this conversation? We, we, when we've taught improv stuff together, we, when we're doing spontaneity things, Mm -hmm. we talk about there will be something available for you. Yeah, something will come. Something will show up. Yeah. I guess that's a belief, Right. Or is it, is it just? I don't know. I mean, that's our like, experience is that it is true. It's true. It's just true. I've never come across a, a moment where there was a wasteland in my brain, and just no, there was not a thing, you know. Yeah. But that's also because I have, you know, like I think one of the things that we train ourselves to do is learn how to pay attention. So it's like right. so we see more things. So. Right. And once you've trained that way, then things are there. Yeah, it makes me. It reminds me of like. My parents' relationship to parking. <laughs> my parents. This is I'm curious. My about mom this. and my dad have very different relationships to parking. Okay. It is a point of anxiety and pessimism for my dad. Mm. My mom's like, we're gonna find a place. 
Yeah, and she does. She always does. <laughs> and Dad, like, starts worrying about it the minute he leaves the house. And then does he not find his part? We're going to find part. Well, he does, but he sees it as like the exception. And there's, well, I don't know. Uh-huh. Or, or if we're in the car together and we find parking, he, he credits it to me. Uh-huh. Because ah, you're here. Because <laughs> you inherited your you're mom's magical, parking oh, karma. I see. Magical talisman, right? Yeah. But he is like, uh, mm. you know. Yeah. And that is very clearly just a lens. It's like they probably find parking about the same amount. I wonder. I wonder if they do. Yeah. Oh, we've had our thing about parking, too. Yeah. I've got a belief that Amma, the hugging scene from India... Helps Ted find helps, parking. F- helps me find parking. And whenever I remember to ask her for help, I almost always find parking, like, right nearby. And when I don't remember, I don't. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if that's true. Sometimes... You can't say that, that when you don't ask her, you don't find parking. There no, are no, plenty no. of times no, no. you don't I mean, ask I'm, her I'm and like, you find parking. I'm talking like a spot like right in front or like super close by. I'm just saying I'm sure that has happened when you have not asked Amma for I'm help sure and you have found a parking place. I'm sure it has. But the frequency, when I do remember, the frequency of finding is measurably different. Yes. And you've experienced I it? have witnessed this. Okay. I have witnessed this. <laughs> Much to your chagrin. I'm... I'm not chagrined about it, but I, but I, I'm like, how do I don't know? I have no, I have no explanation for that. I do not believe that Amma is helping you find parking. Right. I, need, I don't believe that. Ah, uh, I need. Either way, I need to get a new picture of Amma for my car because it's faded from the sun. Oh, uh, the, the maybe that's power, why the you're powers. The powers have faded. <laughs> Amma, I thank you for whatever help you have provided for me with parking. That's uh, funny. All right. Anything else to say? Nope. Beliefs. We mentioned we mentioned about uh, beliefs. You know, affecting mindfulness. Oh, I will say. Of, well, I will yeah. say one thing uh, that I had thought about earlier, which was um, ties in with design thinking, which is mm. one of the things that that is sort of a way to think about changing your experience of life is through little hacks, something little that you could change right away, right? Mm. So, for instance, putting a hook by my door for my keys. Mm-hmm. The tiny thing I could do it tomorrow. I mean, I've already done it, but like... You could do it tomorrow again. It was a thing that I did, right? I was like, uh, this might make my life easier. I could do that right away. It's like it doesn't take a whole system overhaul. Love it's it. just like this little thing that you could you could hack. You can hack space or time. You can hack the sounds. You know, it's like, what if I... Well, what is, it's a little change you could make right away in your experience of mm-hmm. things to see if it makes a difference. And I sort of love that with the idea of like, how do you hack your beliefs? Mm. You know, the idea of hacking your beliefs. And like, well, what if I... Here's a little change I could make. I love that. Tomorrow. This week. Yeah. To, to, cha- to like, well, what if? Does this hanging your keys by the door change your belief about being organized? Yeah, because it works. I know. Yeah. And when I the, see they're, they're right over there. When, right it, when it's there. But I've all, Yeah. Yeah. I've also, speaking of my, so here's something okay. that I actually believe is what growing up means, mm. which is, I think part of what growing up means is just accepting parts of yourself and figuring out how to live successfully with them rather than insisting that they be different. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know that I lose my keys more than I want to. So I got a tile. Mm-hmm. Where I can call my keys from my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I know that unless, because I'm like not great at follow through, follow through is not my strength. Mm-hmm. I know that if I do a project, I need to have a weekly check-in with somebody 
to hold myself accountable. So you set yourself So I up. schedule that yeah. and I ask for the help that I need. Yeah. And so I don't need to spend my life feeling like I haven't, I haven't evolved until I've gotten rid of this quality or trait of right. mine, but rather I've just figured out how to dance with it so that it's not in my way. Nice. I so can like move, I can like move with it and be like, oh yeah, this thing is likely to come up. I'm likely to forget. So what do we put in place? How do I, how do I take care of myself? Yeah. It's like you're being an adult towards yourself. To myself. Yeah. I'm taking care of myself. I love I'm it. like, I got you. It's okay. Nice. You're going to be okay. I'm, I'll take care of it. And that, that I, I should have said it earlier, I wish I had said it earlier, that last belief exercise is, you know, I, I want you as you are, I love you as you are, that I was wanting to hear from other people. Like, that's also a good thing for me to be saying it's to what myself. you need to say to yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And that when I can do because that. Because when you it. believe that, you don't need to hear it from other people in a way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Or I'll project it and then I'll receive it. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah. I love that addition. Yeah. Like, well, so what do you need to do so that... So that when when it happens that you lose your keys, right, you can recover. Mm-hmm. Just put, just figure that out. Those look really good hanging by the door. Those keys. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. Just ready for me when That's, I need them. It's a green carabiner and it's the place to go. Lots of things to tell you you're important. Reliable. Mm-hmm. Reliable. And have you been? Do you remembered to put it there when you come in? And... I mean, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> like, wait, where did I put that hook? That's why I have a tile for when I don't. Right. Yeah. For those of you it. who don't know what a tile is, it's a little thing you put on your on your keychain and you sync it with an app on your phone. If you have your phone, you can hit find keys and your keys make a noise. Or if you have your keys but you've lost your phone, you can hit the button on the thing and it'll call your phone. It's wonderful. That's so funny. You're going to laugh at this because my brother gave me one of those for Christmas. Uh-huh. I don't know what I would use it for. Because you never lose your I keys. Don't, I don't, I mean, rarely. Yeah. Super rarely. See, it, it, my dad gave it to me for Christmas, and it is the best gift I think I've ever gotten. Yeah. It has saved me very much time. Oh, that's cool. I like this idea of hacking. Little hacks. Little hacks. Mm-hmm. You do a little thing you could do tomorrow that just would shift tiny, something. Tiny habits. That's little, just, yeah. Cool. It's good. It's empowering in that way of like, oh, I could see this belief changing. Like, oh, I can see how my life could feel different. Mm-hmm. I could see how this this thing... You know, yeah. This yeah. thing could be different about my life. Love it. My car's a fucking mess. Well, take one thing out of it every time you get out of it. Mm-hmm. You could do that next time you get out of it. You don't have to clean the whole car. Right. Just, just take one thing out of the little pocket on the side of the door. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Let's call this. It's let's over. It's time. Wrap. It's a wrap, baby. Let's do this. It's like a burrito. It's like a... Oh, boy. A Singaporean... <laughs> what do they eat in Singapore? Do they a have lot wraps? Of things. Okay. I want to have a satay. I want a satay wrap. This satay, is a satay this wrap. Delicious thing called um, kuei tiao, which is like fat noodles, and another delicious thing called kuei pai tea, which is this little uh, cone of like turnips, turnips in delicious sauce with. Oh, it was great. Awesome. Really good. Fried rice. Take take some of this. Put it in a burrito. It's a wrap. Yeah, and then I'm sure there's a food truck in San Francisco that <laughs> sells that. All right, people. Okay, get all right. We gotta just, stop this. We're just. We're just. Call this. Let's get out of here. Goodbye. Limping, Goodbye. We're Goodbye. Limping, we're leaving. Limping. To get the out end. of here. Turn it off, Dad. It's so great to it's be over. here. All right. <laughs> it's over. It is done. The end. That is your episode on beliefs. That, as they say, is that. 
<laughs> That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Uh, that is that. That is not that. Oh boy, we uh, got to start this again. I know. We got to start another. You one. stepped into a Hindu. It's too much. A Hindu thing about Brahman, the all being. All Brahman is this energy, this force, this like includes everything. Uh huh. And you say, well, what is Brahman? And you can point to anything and say, Brahman, that, that is, is Brahman. Brahman, that is Brahman, that is Brahman. You know, that is that, that is that, that is that. But you can also point to anything and say, Brahman is not that, is not that, is not that. It's it's paradox, baby. Oh boy. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. So put that in your pipe and How's smoke that it. For an outro, I thought this was just going to be a little tag. But we're doing belief. We're closing on beliefs. We're what, closing on beliefs. What belief? What better belief than the world is a paradox? Everything is part of one thing, and nothing is part of that one thing. The Boom. end. <laughs> Drop the mic. We're out. Thank you for being with us, everybody. Oh my gosh. Beliefs. Nice to be back with you. Uh, challenge to you. Pick out some sort of self-limiting belief and see and examine it. List the facts. Play with it. Yeah. And uh, pull together, pull get together with a friend. Try that story spine. Or you could even do it yourself. Just write one line at a time. Yeah. And or find Appro an antidote. Approach the experience of what it would be like if that limiting belief were to were to shift. Yeah. And you brought it in right at the end, but I'm I'm intrigued by this notion of little hacks. Yeah. Like little tiny behaviors I can take to challenge a belief that I have about myself or like not compensate but uh, help it out take care of take care You're of taking it. care of yourself yeah, just like okay if that's true well how can we make it better yeah and and support that part of okay. you so you, you can, get to be there yeah you get to be there little disorganization part I'm gonna take care of you by putting a hook by the door I love it yeah it's such a it's a little meta a leap loving loving thing yeah it's beautiful anything that surprised you in our conversation particularly yeah yeah i liked it it's good it's good sort of to to touch on that idea that it was powerful to think about what the antidote antidote to a self-limiting belief would be mm. because even just the process of articulating it yes it's like oh what if that were true sort of giving yourself another option yeah for what else might be true it's yeah. kind of lovely a little rope to claw, crawl out of the quicksand yeah I think that could be true. Mm -hmm. I could choose to believe this thing or I could choose to believe this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the notion of being able to hear it from outside mm -hmm. first and how powerful that is to have another person affirm that possibility yeah. and then to sort of take it on for oneself Yeah. to own that belief. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, hey, again, people, it's so great to be back with you. It's been a while since we were here. So mm -hmm. uh, thanks for listening. Get your butts out to the Santa Cruz Mountains, June 11 to 15. Yep. For our retreat. AnimaLearning.com slash Monster Baby Retreat. We would be delighted to have you there and your friends. Yeah. Come Especially on. your friends. Oh, my gosh. Your friends are awesome. They're the coolest. I'm just, I wish I could be friends with them. Don't keep them to yourself. Yeah, you're so <laughs> Be selfish. Who's that what you're gonna say? I was gonna say, why are you being so why selfish? Are you being so selfish. <laughs> Share your friends. Okay, explore that limiting belief. I'm uh -huh. selfish. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Prove us wrong. Bring your friends. <laughs> Until the next time, monster baby people. We uh, love you. Adieu. Adieu. Adieu.